Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning to all of you uh, who are listening on the live stream this morning. Welcome to any visitors that we have in this place. You're very welcome. We're glad that you uh, chose to join with us this morning. We're, uh, you know, please stick around afterward and have a chat with a few people. We would love to get to know you uh, a little bit more. How awesome was that? How awesome was that? When when the hearts of those who are leading us in worship are just connected to God like that. There's something special that happens in the atmosphere when God is in the place, yeah? Like, that, that is a, a, those moments are special. They're, they're not special in the sense that they're rare, because we can have those all the time, but they're special in the sense that in those moments, we're in the presence of the Most High, Most Holy God, and that in itself is... in incredible thing to to think about. So uh, I just encourage you, when we have those moments, and when you have those moments in your own quiet time at, at, at home, understand the value of them, because you're with the Father in His presence. You're being enveloped by the Holy Spirit in those moments, and that's an incredible, incredible thing because it's those moments of encounter with God's presence that changes everything about us. It's, the, it's those moments of encounter with God's presence when, when we're there with Him that changes everything about us. It's those moments that transform us. It's those moments that bring revelation of who God is, of who we are in Him, of what His Word says about Him. It's those moments that change everything about how you understand yourself in the eyes of God. So value those moments. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to pray again real quick. So Father God, I just thank you for uh, another opportunity this morning to share what I believe you've laid on my heart this week. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that this would just be you. That anything that is me, Lord God, just push it away because we don't need me, we need you. And open our hearts, prepare our hearts, Lord, this morning to hear the truth of your word. And Lord, our, 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 our prayer is that it, it changes us this morning. That it changes our understanding of your word, of you, of how we are to understand you and your word, Lord God. We thank you for this time. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, if there's anything else that you want to do, anything else that you want to say uh, in this place, Lord, that you would just bring that about this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I, I want to start this morning by asking you all a question. Uh, and I can't remember fully, but I feel like I've asked a similar question in, in, in the past. But, and I want you to, to, be, to be honest with me. Okay? How many of you here this morning have at some point in your life as a Christian been reading the Bible, been sitting there in your own time, reading the Word, uh, and just been thinking to yourself while reading the Word, I have absolutely no idea what I'm reading. Because I have. Everyone. Good. That's okay. Right? You just sit and you're reading it and you're going, what the heck does that have to do with anything to do with me? Anything to do with my life? Like, you just, it's like I'm just reading words that were written by a child in their own language. It's just, like it just doesn't, it just doesn't sink in sometimes. Okay, now I'm going to say something that is 
potentially controversial for, for some of you, but before you stone me, just, just, let, me, just let me explain. Okay, so what have I told you that the reason for this is because the Bible was not written contextually directly for you. The Bible was not written contextually directly for you. The Bible was not written to be understood according to the worldview of today and was not written to be understood within today's culture. Okay? Was not written contextually. I want to emphasize that. Contextually. Okay? So you can't call me out later directly for you. The Bible, while, while it's given to us today as a great gift from God to help us to understand the truth of who He is, to understand all that He's done throughout human history uh, in, in His redemptive plan for all of humanity, what we need to understand is that when it was originally written, it was written in the cultural context and the cultural worldview of those who wrote it. They didn't write it to be understood by us 2,000 years later. They, they, they wrote it to be understood by those who are of their worldview and of their culture. So there's things that are written in there that are not going to make sense to us contextually because we don't have the same worldview that they had 2,000 years ago. We, 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 we don't carry the same worldview that guys like Moses and that carried because their understanding of the world around them was different to uh, how we understand it today, because cultures change, and you know people have um, we've grown, we've become what's the word they use? We've become enlightened. We're, we're now more enlightened than the rubbish. Okay, no, that's don't, if, any, if someone's telling you that, just scrap that and just don't listen to that person. Okay, we. The, the Bible was, was written by those who read it, inspired by God, obviously. We, we believe that the Word of God is, is completely and utterly inspired by God. It is the true Word of God. Uh, in Timothy, you talk about every, uh, every part of Scripture, I'm paraphrasing, is useful for teaching, for preaching, to help us understand. So all of the Bible is true. But when it was written, it was written culturally uh, and to, to, to those of that culture and to those of that worldview. And something I spoke about a few months ago, uh, was, you know, that the, we need to regain our supernatural worldview when it comes to reading Scripture. Because the Bible talks about the supernatural things. The Scripture teaches us about the God in heaven, the creator of everything, who, who, who formed everything. He's a supernatural power. It teaches us about the supernatural realm. It gives us an understanding of the war that we're in today, good versus evil, light versus dark, all of that. We, we use those words, but, and Keith spoke about it last week. We need to understand the reality of the battle that we're in, that it's not just this world, the physical that we see, right now, but, but, but we uh, are also influenced and, and the spiritual and the supernatural goes, goes on around us all the time. And see, that's the worldview that these guys held back then. So they, they wrote things with an understanding that the people who they were writing to and the people who were going to read what they had written had that same supernatural worldview. So there's phrases and stuff that we will read and we're like, well, that doesn't make sense to me because it was written to be understood by the worldview that they held back then a supernatural worldview and, and even contextual things that, that, that we just miss that, that, that it just points that, that for them we're just like wow that's amazing wow that just hits home I'll give you one example it's not in my notes but um, 
Scripture talks about uh, Jesus coming on the clouds. Like when he returns, he, he's going to come on the clouds. Um, the, the language like in the original is kind of like he's the rider of the clouds. Now, contextually, and um, every other uh, nation and every other religion back then, a lot of them believed in uh, uh, worship the god uh, Baal, right? And Baal, uh, in the religions that he was worshipped in was known as Baal, rider of the clouds. And even in the nations that, that, that didn't worship Baal, they, they would have some sort of, whoever they worshipped, uh, a reference to uh, a rider on the clouds because that was, see, a rider of the clouds was someone who is divine, who, who, is, who is greater than, than, than this world. And so the Bible, when it talks about that, that that's actually, it, it, it's like the, the guys who, who wrote it are, are writing it to say to these other nations, no, 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 your God is not the God of all. Our Jesus is going to be the rider of the clouds when he returns. And see, we, you, you, you can read that, and I've read that heaps of times over the years, and be like, yeah, that's cool, that's a cool image. But understanding it contextually, that, that was writing to say, no, no, our God is the rider of the clouds. Our God is above all the other gods. Your so-called rider of the clouds, they're nothing. Because when Jesus returns, he's going to be the divine one, the rider on the clouds. So you see, that's just one small example of contextually, we miss that. Because we don't fully understand the culture that these things were, 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 were written in. So okay, so which is why there's so much of the Bible that oftentimes we cannot make complete sense of it. Because our worldview doesn't fit with what we are reading. Which is why context is so incredibly important to have when we are reading scripture. We need to gain an understanding of why it was written and understand a little bit more about the people who it was written to and understand how their worldview shaped their view of the scriptures. Okay? Another thing that, 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 that we need to understand when, when we read the Bible, uh, another thing that we need to avoid doing when, when we read the Bible is stop trying to to read ourselves into the scripture, okay? Uh, for example, uh, you are not David fighting Goliath, okay? We are not, I am not David fighting Goliath. Um, I am not Daniel being thrown into the den of lions, okay? I am not Solomon who was known to be the, Scripture talks about him being uh, the, the, the wisest there ever was, right? And some people will tell you that you can read yourself into those Scriptures. I don't know about you, but I'm not the wisest that there ever was. I'm pretty dumb sometimes. And I think we could all admit that at times we've been dumb. So we cannot say, we cannot read ourselves into that scripture and say, well, God, you made Solomon the wisest and he was one of yours and now I'm one of yours, so therefore I am now the what? No. Because logically it doesn't make sense because we know that, that we're dumb. And same with the, the David and Goliath thing. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but, but we are not David fighting the giant Goliath. We can read that and, 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 and we can learn from that but we need to understand that that story in Scripture is a historical thing that actually happened. That David was a real human, that Goliath was real, and that they fought. And David, because of God, had victory over Goliath. We're not David. We didn't fight Goliath. He did. Okay? That's just another little thing. But, okay, so what we require 
to be able to receive a revelation of truth through Scripture is we need a revelation of Jesus Christ and who He is and what He has done. It is our understanding of Jesus Christ as our Savior, as the Son of God who came to earth, died for our sins, rose again on the third day to go and sit with the Father uh, in heaven. It's our understanding of the revelation of who Jesus Christ is that allows us to begin to understand the Scriptures that we've been given that paint a picture for us of what God has done throughout humanity to this very day and what He has done and what He continues to do in each of our lives. So uh, Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12 says, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. It came through the revelation of Jesus Christ that the early church were able to understand fully the scriptures that they had. And we've got to understand that they only had the Old Testament at that point because they were the ones who were living out the New Testament that, 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 that we have today. But it was through a revelation of Jesus Christ and what they had witnessed him do uh, 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 among them uh, and, and, then, and then watching his, his ascension into heaven that gave them a full understanding of the scriptures so that they were able to understand more fully the prophecies that they'd read about. They were able to understand more fully everything that they'd read in the Torah and everything that they'd been taught came to life through a revelation of Jesus Christ. And because of the person of the Holy Spirit who now dwells in us, who teaches us and gives us the ability, the ability to understand the spiritual things of the unseen realm, which any person who lives, you know, we, we, we only live in the natural. And anyone who doesn't have a revelation of Jesus Christ and doesn't receive the Holy Spirit, which Ephesians 1 uh, verse 13 says, from the moment you believe, you receive the Spirit as a, uh, as a promise of the, uh, of the inheritance of the things to come. So we receive the Holy Spirit. And, and then... Um, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 14 tells us this. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Okay? Revelation of Jesus Christ and then the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in us enables us to, when we read Scripture, get the revelation of the truth of, of what it is. Because we read it according to what the Holy Spirit is teaching us in that moment. Because the reality is we can't understand it in our natural mind. We need God to help us to understand the revelation that Scripture teaches us about, about everything. Right? So... <clears throat> That, 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 that scripture continues. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Right? Scripture needs to be spiritually discerned. discerned. Which is why, and, uh, and Rui actually mentioned this morning uh, while, we were praying, while, while, while we were praying before church, um, the danger of false teaching, of false doctrine, 
that hasn't been spiritually discerned. It's been discerned by the heart of man. And scripture tells us that uh, the heart is deceitful above all else. So how can something um, conceived by a heart of man when it's deceitful be truth taught? Right, which is where you get like the word of faith and prosperity and all that kind of stuff. It's not true doctrine because they don't teach what the Bible says about those subjects because the heart of man has become involved and they've, they, they, they've developed this interpretation that feels good to them and that they wish to be true, but it's not the truth of what Scripture teaches because it's not given, it's not taught by the Holy Spirit within them, which is why we need the Spirit of God to teach us the truth about what the Word says. Amen? We need a revelation of the truth that is in the Word of God. It is impossible for us to live a successful Christian life if we are not hearing what the Word of God says. Because if we don't know what it says, then it's too easy to be swayed or convinced of something else that sounds good, but is not grounded in the truth of the Word of God. We need to hear the truth. We need to know the truth. And now I want to move to something else a little bit, but it's going to tie in with that. Uh, We're going to read Matthew chapter 17, uh, verses 1 through 8. So this is um, uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. This is this this moment in in the Bible. So Matthew 17, uh, verses 1 through 8. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Excuse me. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces, were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. So this is an incredible moment for many reasons. Okay? These three privileged disciples... Peter, James, and John, get to witness a moment where where the glory of Jesus is fully revealed to them. It says his face shone, right? The, 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 The glory of Jesus is fully revealed. And not only that, okay, but two absolute heroes of the Israelite faith are there in this moment with them, Moses and Elijah, who, if you read your Old Testament, they're pretty important characters, Right? And they're there in this moment on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and these three disciples. So the, these, these two prophets, whom Peter, James, and John had been taught about since they were children, you've got to understand, again, contextually, uh, young men in, in, in those days, when they're of a certain age, they would then uh, be put in classes and essentially taught the Torah, taught the first five books of the Bible especially, and taught the Old Testament, taught the Scriptures. They were taught these things from a young age so that it was drilled into them, so that they had an understanding of the Scriptures that they had available to them. And here before them right now with Jesus, the man who they've been walking with, traveling with, doing all this stuff, here with Jesus, Moses and, uh, Moses and Elijah stand before them. You can just imagine, try and imagine the, the sense of awe that, that, that these three men are feeling. Wow, Lord Jesus. 
and Moses and the, these two men that we've read about and that we've been taught about for so long, they're standing here on this mountain with us. These two men who, who, who the scriptures that, that, that these disciples knew had taught them to hear and to listen to what these men had said, Moses and Elijah, these men, man, they're, they're something else. They'd been taught to hear and to listen to the words of, of, of these guys. So they're standing in front of them. And again, they'd been instructed to hear the words of Moses and Elijah because they were so important to the faith. Hear these men, understand what they've said. Okay. Now, in particular, it's the words of God in this passage of Scripture that, that I really want to hone in on here. So in, in verse 5 of, um, uh, of what we just read in, in Matthew 17, it says that while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Hear him. Now, this is super interesting because this is the second time in the Gospels uh, that where, where, where we have it recorded that the voice of God audibly speaks. This is the second time, okay? And in fact, he says pretty much the same thing in what we've just read, except he adds something on to the end of it, right? So the first time is in Matthew 3, uh, verse 17. This is when Jesus is getting baptized, right? He goes down, he comes up, and then the heavens open, and Holy Spirit descends like a dove. And the scripture there says in Matthew three seventeen, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." So you see that the same words being spoken by God in in, in chapter three as they are in chapter seventeen. But on the Mount of Transfiguration, God adds the words at the end of that statement: "Hear him." Hear him, which is actually, and this is really cool, echoing something that God spoke to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament regarding Moses. Watch this. In in Deuteronomy um, 18.15, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Him you shall hear. Right? So, and, and now, in the presence of the disciples, on the Mount of Transfiguration, they see these two men. But not only that, their rabbi, their teacher is standing before them and he's transfigured before them. And his face, and he's shining in the fullness of the glory of God. And the voice of God speaks and tells these men, in the same way that I commanded you to listen to the voice of the prophets of old, I'm now telling you the same way that you, that you were told to hear and listen to Moses and hear and listen to Elijah and all the other Old Testament prophets in the same way I'm telling you now that you must hear what my son is speaking to you because he's bringing something different. He's bringing something else. The words that you that you read about these men are important but now you need to hear the words of my son with whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Now, when God uses the words hear him in this verse, it's not simply speaking in basic terms as in make sure you listen. It's so much more important of an instruction that God is giving them in this moment. So the Greek word that has been translated for this verse is the word akal, which has much deeper meanings than than simply hear him as we understand it in the English language. It means, in the Greek, pay attention to. 
to believe and to respond to what you hear. It also means to be obedient to listen and to fully conform to what it is that you heard spoken. And also to understand and perceive fully the truth that is being spoken. It's a pretty loaded word, and yet we read it as, hear him. Again, context of what the scripture says. I'm going to read those again. So when, when, when God is saying, hear him, he's saying, pay attention to, believe and respond to what you hear, be obedient and listen so that you can be fully conformed to what it is you have heard and also to understand and perceive fully the truth that is being spoken. So the instruction here to these three disciples and then to all of us now who read the scriptures, we are called not just to hear what the Bible says in its most basic form because it's, it, it's, it's truly so easy to, to hear something or hear what somebody says but not really hear them if you know what I mean. I mean those with, with young children. You know they talk a lot and they ask a lot of questions and they tell you a lot of stories and you're hearing them but you're not really hearing them. Like, you, you know what I mean? You, they're there and you can hear the sound, but the understanding's just not like, you, you know, if they were to ask you later, hey, what did I tell you earlier? You'd be stuck because you would have no idea what they told you earlier. You just tell them you love them and it's all good. Um, and, and, and too often we as believers hear what is being spoken in church. Okay, And even when we're reading the word in our own time, but there is no real understanding that is coming with it. We're listening without really hearing what is being said. And, and, and a lot of that can do with how we're understanding it. Are we trying to put ourselves in the scriptures? Uh, are, are, are we reading it without an understanding of, uh, of, of who it was written to? Now, when I say this, I don't mean that we all have to be uh, expert historians and fully understand every part of the, the culture back then, because that, that's just impractical. Okay, and as we uh, read, we, we, when we receive the revelation of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in it, uh, in us, teaches us the scriptures so that we can understand. But it is a good idea to try and at least have a basic understanding of, of the culture back then. Or if you read something and you're like, I don't really understand what that means, take a little bit of time and, and study up you know, the, the culture and the history because it might help you understand exactly what's going on in the scripture that, that you're trying to read. Okay. So we can hear without really hearing. So the, the, the truth is that we need to be truly hearing what Jesus is speaking and we need to listen with the intent of understanding the meaning of what God is saying and what it means for our lives and what it meant to the nation of Israel as a whole. Because the truth is we often hear what we want to hear concerning the truth of Scripture. And, and, what we, and, and what we hear, we tend to try and make it fit comfortably within what we think it should mean for our lives. Because that's comfortable and that's easy. And we can all do that. But is that hearing him, like that word said, uh, like that word meant when God said hear him? Are we being fully conformed to the truth of what we're hearing? Is it changing who we are, the revelation of truth that, that we're receiving about Jesus and about all that he's done? 
here's what I really want to drill home. There's, there's so much more in, in, in that scripture uh, about the, the Mount of Transfiguration. Um, I'll just give you one more because I find it so interesting. So Peter, James, and John are the ones there. They're, they're hearing this voice from heaven. The, the, the previous chapter uh, in, um, in, in Matthew chapter 16, uh, Jesus is, is talking to his disciples um, and he's explaining to them the things that must happen, how he has to be uh, arrested and he's going to be beaten, he's going to be killed, he, he's going to rise again. He's explaining that to his disciples to try and give them an understanding of you know, what, what was going to happen. And, 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 and in that chapter, in Matthew 16, uh, is when Peter steps up after Jesus has finished ex- explaining all this. Uh, Peter steps up and, paraphrasing, uh, no, Jesus, actually, that's not how it's going to go down. Uh, Jesus, no, that's no, not a good idea. Uh, what if we did it? What if we tried this, Jesus? Because uh, the idea of you dying and, and suffering, you know, it's not, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it just doesn't sit well. And, and, and Jesus says to Peter in this moment, get behind me, Satan. Um, again, paraphrasing, but because you are not understanding things from God's perspective, you're understanding them from your perspective, from man's perspective. What I've said to you doesn't make sense to you, Peter, because you're not hearing what I'm saying. You're looking at it from a human understanding, but this is what God has intended to do to bring about the salvation of humanity. So that's happened this chapter before. Then chapter 17, which we read, Peter's there on the mountain. Jesus is transfigured before him, Moses and Elijah. God speaks from heaven saying, hear him. Imagine what Peter's feeling in that moment, knowing that in the previous chapter, however long ago that was in days, I don't know. Um, in the previous chapter, he'd been saying, get behind me, Satan, because he hadn't understood, he hadn't heard what Jesus was really trying to say. And so here's this, here's this moment, this encounter, and the audible voice of God saying, Peter, hear what Jesus is saying, because what he's saying matters. You need to change your understanding, Peter, to, you need to conform your understanding to what Jesus is saying. Don't try and conform what, what God is saying to fit what you feel it should be. You, Peter, need to change your understanding and hear what Jesus is saying, because what he's saying is how we are going to usher in the redemptive return of God's people in relationship with him. And so just imagine Peter in that moment, like if that was me, like shame, you just, man, it would not feel good, right? So here's what I want to drill home this morning. If we are not truly hearing the word of God, if we are not reading the word of God with the intent of understanding it, so that we can be changed and conformed to the truth of what we are hearing, then we will miss so much of the incredible truth that Scripture speaks. Okay, we will miss so much of the incredible truth that Scripture speaks. The truth that paints a full picture of just how lost mankind was in its relationship to God before Christ came as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. When Jesus took upon himself the weight of the sins of the world and became cursed for us so that we could be freed from death. We can read those words in scripture and the human mind goes, yeah, 
that's cool. I'm free in Jesus. Yes. But man, if you understand contextually what that means, relationally what that means for you and God, like it, it's, it's so much more than, yeah, Jesus was cursed for us and died for our sins. God himself took the weight of the sins of the world, past, in that moment, future, on himself. God became cursed so that we could be free. Like just, just think about that. The one who created everything became a curse to set free those he loves so that our spirit could have life breathed into it and we as humans could once again begin to truly experience what it means to live alongside the God of creation. This is what we need to understand as well, that in the beginning, God in the Garden of Eden, his design and his desire was that humanity would live and dwell with him in his presence forever. And, and then sin entered the world, obviously. And the Bible tells us all that God has done throughout human history to restore what was lost. And it does it from a supernatural viewpoint and a supernatural worldview. And we miss it when we don't understand that. And that's another 15 sermons for another time. But like, there's just so much in this. If we fail to truly understand the price God paid in doing what he did through Jesus, we will never be truly thankful enough in our lives. If we are still living half-heartedly for God, it's because we have not truly heard what Scripture tells us. If we are not changed by the word of God, then we're not hearing it. If we are not challenged by the word of God, we're not hearing it. If we are not in awe of the word of God and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we're not hearing it. Hear him said the audible voice of God. Be conformed to what it is you hear him say. Perceive the truth that is being spoken by Jesus and let it change you so that you are no longer focused on the things of this world but we're focused on the things of God. Because that's what the scripture tells us that we need to do. In fact, it says that those who are truly saved will, will just do that, right? When we understand, that'll just become natural because we understand all of what God has done. So I want to uh, challenge you to hear the word. Hear what God is saying to you when you read the word. 
hear what God is saying to you when you spend time with him. Because what he says, we need to conform our lives to. Because it's so easy to just be comfortable. It's so easy to just keep doing what we want to do and be like, yeah, I know Jesus died for me. That's cool. He was cursed. I'm free. Hallelujah. It's all good. But it's, it's so much more than what we understand it to be. God has done so much more than what we could ever even begin to understand. And all he tells hear me. Hear him. Hear Jesus. Hear the word. Be changed, be transformed, be conformed to what the word teaches us about what God has done for us and about who we are in him as a result of what he's done. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, what are we going to do? Maybe Izzy and Zoe, if you guys want to come and we'll just finish on um, whichever song you want, Izzy, you you choose, man. So I'll I'll just pray and then we're going to sing one more song together with these guys and then stick around, have a coffee and do all that. But just uh, if you you, uh, pray with me first.